Judges in chapter 6. Judges in chapter 6. Appreciate the presence of each one. Appreciate the prayers of each one. Uh, appreciate the, the confidence uh, and the continuing faith that everyone has, uh, not only to stay faithful to the church, but to stay faithful to God. Um, and so the, today, a, a very simple thought on my heart to, that God placed on my heart today, and and it's, it's something that we, uh, that we all can relate to at some point in time in our life. Uh, there's a song, it's, it's more of a contemporary song, and it's, it's honestly one of my favorites. Uh, it talks about nobody. Uh, and if we're, whenever we get right down to it, we're all nobody. Uh, but the truth of the matter is, most of the time, God calls the nobodies uh, and turns them into somebody. And so the, the song goes, uh, I'm just nobody trying to tell everybody about somebody that saves their soul. And a lot of times we need to take on that attitude. If we can, if we can create less dependence on ourselves and more dependence on God, I feel like we'll all be in a little bit better place whenever, uh, whenever it all boils down to it. Judges in chapter 6, we're going to begin in verse 11. Judges in chapter 6, verse 11. And there came an angel of the Lord and sat under an oak, which was in Ophrah, that pertained unto Joash the Abyssalite, and his son Gideon threshed wheat by the winepress to hide it from the Midianites. And the angel of the Lord appeared unto him, and said unto him, The Lord is with thee, thou mighty man of valor. And Gideon said unto him, O my Lord, if the Lord be with us, why then is all this befallen us? And where be all his miracles, which our fathers told us of, saying, Did not the Lord bring us up from Egypt? But now the Lord hath forsaken us, and delivered us into the hands of the Midianites. And the Lord looked upon him and said, Go, and this thy might, and thou shalt save Israel from the hand of the Midianites. Have I not have not I sent thee? And he said unto him, O my Lord, wherewith shall I save Israel? Behold, my family is poor in Manasseh, and I am the least of my father's house. And the Lord said unto him, Surely I will be with thee, and thou shalt smite the Midianites as one man. Heavenly Father, thank you for blessing all of us with health and strength. Be safe here again today. God, we thank you for your love, for your mercy. God, for your grace that you bestowed upon us. God, we thank you for your guidance and for your word. God, help us this morning as we look into your word that we could open our hearts, that we'll be willing to receive what you have to say to us this morning, God, through your word and through your Holy Spirit. God, thank you for each one gathered this morning. Thank you for those that you've raised up out of sickness, dear God. Thank you for those that, that you're continuing to bless. God, help us so we can be more thankful than we are for everything you've done for us. God, most of all, if we pray that there be a lost one here among us this morning, God, today could be the day of salvation. They could see their need of a Savior. They could see their sinful condition and turn and accept Christ. God, help all of us that are saved to accept the challenge. God, to, to be nobody in ourselves and become somebody for you. God, be with us throughout this service. Continue to be with this church, each one gathered. Those ask interest in our prayers. Forgive us for we fail you. Thank you most of all for Jesus. In his name we pray. Amen. I heard a quote one time and I really liked it. And we've been talking about discipleship on Wednesday night. And I think I may have used it Wednesday before last. It, a man said one time that, that God does not call the prepared. He prepares the called. And I'm not saying that we shouldn't all prepare to be used of God. But a lot of times, whenever you see a big change happen, especially in the Bible, you don't see it happen from the, from the kings and from the pharaohs. 
Whenever you see somebody truly be used of God, you don't see somebody raised up out of the the house of the richest man in Israel or, or the richest man in this time. You don't see somebody that is proclaimed to be all knowledgeable. You don't see someone who is built up in and of themselves. And we're going to look at several examples, but we see here one of my favorite examples of, of someone brought up from nothing is Gideon. And one of the chief factors that, that, that Gideon possessed that a lot of times we miss is that whenever the word of the Lord came to Gideon, whenever the, the word of God came to him and said, The Lord is with thee, thou art a mighty man of valor. Gideon questioned it. Not only did he question that, he said that he said that I am my family is poor and I am the least of my father's house. God did not call the biggest, strongest man in Israel to deliver his people. God called Gideon. Someone who was not built up in himself. Someone who was willing to allow himself to be used of God. Someone who didn't have the, the prideful boasting that we talked about that is detrimental to our work with, with the world. Here God called somebody that was from a poor family. Somebody that was the least among this family. No doubt ever so slightly unlearned, although he does show evidence of having read at least or heard some of the things that God had done for them. But we see a man that, that God brings from nothing. And so this morning, the thought I want to get across is, is that if we can become nobody, if we can take ourselves down a notch, we talked about in Sunday school, a lot of times we, we rely on technology. And the amazing things that a cell phone can do today is nothing compared to what God can use us for. It's nothing compared to what God can do in our life, but we have to be willing to let Him. We have to turn loose of the dependence on a cell phone. We have to turn loose of the dependence on a computer. We have to, we have to grab a hold to our dependence on God's Word and our dependence on Him. And so as we look this morning, let's, let's keep that in our heart that, that whenever God came to Gideon, and he called him. Gideon was humble. Gideon said, I, he said, I can't. He didn't feel worthy. A lot of times, most of the time, God will call the ones that he needs because he knows, he knows the heart. He knows what is inside of each and every one of us. He knows the ability that we possess that we may not understand. He knows the, the opportunities that he can give us that, that we can't even see right now because we're living in the day. God is looking down the road. Whenever he calls each and every one of us that are saved to be witnesses to the whole world, he didn't say go and, and, and learn and, and study and then be witnesses. He said, go and witness unto me. The things that you have seen, the things that you have heard, the things that you have been a part of. Here today, each and every one of us that are saved have been a part of something great. Whenever we accepted Jesus Christ as our Savior, we became... Something great, because the Holy Spirit then dwells within us. But in order to be used of God in a great way, we have to humble ourselves and allow ourselves. We have to surrender. The song says, I surrender all. That is a very, very hard place to come to as a, a prideful society that we have gotten in the, in the place of. So we're going to look at a couple of, of different examples today and, and hope that we can get to the point that we can, that we can allow God to turn me as a nobody into somebody that he can use. That we can allow God to, to prepare us whenever we accept the call of Christ. 
So keep your Bibles open. We're going to flip-flop to several different places today. Uh, we're going to turn over to 1 Samuel in chapter 3 first. 1 Samuel in chapter 3. We, we we're turning to Samuel. You understand that we're talking about Samuel. And at a very young age, well, before birth, Samuel was dedicated to God. Uh, his mother prayed for a, a male child, and, and she said that she would give him to God if God would bless her with a son. She was true to her word. Whenever Samuel came of age, it says in verse, well, let's see, verse, chapter 2, verse 26, and the child Samuel grew on and was in favor, both with the Lord and also with men. If we allow ourselves to be used of God, then we're in favor with God. But God will give us the opportunity to become in favor with men. All too many times, whenever you hear the world talk about Christians today, they're hateful. That's what the world says about Christians. Whenever the world talks about people of the church today, they use the word hypocrite a lot. They use the words judgmental a lot. If we let ourselves slip into the point that, that we're judging others, if we let ourselves slip into the, the point that we're preaching one thing and saying another, that we're telling people one thing and living another, Amen. then we're not, we're not that someone that God can use. In fact, the opposite is true, that, that we're not being used to further God's kingdom. But all too many times, whenever we become judgmental and hypocritical, and, and, and the, the phrase is that we look down at our nose at other people, that we become a, a hindrance to the work of God. Here in the book of Samuel, we read about a couple of people, sons of Eli, and even Eli himself, that were a hindrance to the work of God. That were a hindrance to the nation of Israel. Because they allowed the, the lust of their flesh to get in in between them and God. Whenever we read of Samuel, we see someone who submitted himself to God at an early age. In 1 Samuel in chapter 3, verse 1, And the child Samuel ministered unto the Lord before Eli. And the word of the Lord was precious in those days, and there was no open vision. Jumping down to verse 7, The Lord had called Samuel. Now Samuel did not yet know the Lord. Neither was the word of the Lord yet revealed unto him. But he heard a voice calling to him. Verse 10, And the Lord came and stood and called as other times in Samuel. Samuel. Then Samuel answered, Speak, for thy servant heareth. Whenever we open our Bible, God is speaking to us. Whenever we go to church and, and read and study His word in Sunday school, whenever we sing, I can't even walk without you holding my hand, God is speaking to us. How many times are we going to listen to him? How many times does his message go ignored? How many times does... Well, the, I heard a man say one time and it made a lot of sense. He said, I got the, the message. I mean, it, it just spoke to me. And then when I walked out the door, I left it in the pew. I didn't carry it with me. Whenever we read the Word of God, whenever we close our Bible, do we close our minds to the Word of God? Or are we like David to... Are we glad to study? Are we glad to come to the house of the Lord? Are we glad to carry the word of God with us wherever we go? Are we able to say, speak, for thy servant heareth? If we're going to allow ourselves to be used of God in a day and age where the, where the world needs God desperately, then we have to allow ourselves to say, speak, for thy servant heareth. There was a t-shirt one time I saw it and I thought it was the coolest thing in the world. It was a big G, little me. 
It was a big God and a little me. Because we have to understand that the will of God comes before the will of ourself. We have to understand that the will of God comes before the wants of Brad. It does. It has to. Otherwise, we're not going to allow God to use us. Otherwise, we're not going to be a blessing to the lost and dying world that we come in contact with. Even if we're six feet apart, we can still come in contact with them. We can still talk to them. We can still allow our life to be a blessing to them. Here, Samuel did not yet know the Lord. He, he was not yet well versed in the word of the Lord. There was no open vision at this time. The, the Lord was not currently speaking to the priest of Israel in the way that He used to. And yet, here Samuel. If you want to, uh, I'm not going to call Samuel dumb, but if you want to call him a little bit unlearned, he was very young. God didn't call Eli the, the, the high priest. God called Samuel because God saw what he could do with Samuel whenever Samuel surrendered his life. We can't see what God can do with us. I, I can't see it. Because right now is as far as I can see. But God sees who He's going to put us in contact with tomorrow. God sees the blessing that we may be able to be to our friends, to our family, to our loved ones, to our co-workers, even to strangers. God sees the opportunities that we're going to get if we surrender ourselves to Him. If we surrender our life, if we say, Speak. For thy servant heareth. Turn over, if you would, to the first Samuel in chapter 6. We're going to read about one more very, very familiar scripture. First Samuel is first uh, Samuel. First Samuel in chapter 6. Read of a man named David. And before David fought Goliath, and before David became the, the mighty man that he was, before David had the, the ultimate mess up, and we often focus on the the ways that David did mess up. Or we'll focus on his fight with Goliath. Or rather, God's victory with Goliath. But I want to look at the, the beginning of David, if you will. 1 Samuel in chapter 6, verse 6. Why am I in 1 Samuel? I think that's 2 Samuel. Excuse me, 2 Samuel, chapter 6. I'm going to get it right in a minute. 2 Samuel in chapter 6. 2 Samuel chapter 6. Well, shoot, that ain't it either. I'm going to tell you the story because I obviously wrote down my scripture in the wrong place. David was the least of his house. David was the, the youngest. David was out in the, out in the field tending to the sheep whenever Samuel came to anoint the king. And he came to the house of Jesse and, and looked upon all the boys that were there. God said, this ain't them. Jesse brought all his big, no doubt, strong. Some of them we know were warriors. God said, this ain't them. And then he brought, he brought David. Samuel said, there's got to be one more. You, you have to have one more. He said, well, there's, there's David. But he's, he's, he's a little small. He's a little scrawny. The Bible used the word ruddy, ruddy, ruddy small, skinny, scrawny. But he said he looked good. He was of good countenance. But he wasn't the one that the world expected. He wasn't the one that, that even Jesse, his father, expected. And yet, whenever David came in, Samuel said, this is him. 
This is the one, the anointed king of Israel. It wasn't the one the world expected. A lot of times we can become in ourselves not the one the world expects. Because the world don't expect a great big change from each individual person. But as a church, as a family, as a group, we can come together and inflict change. We can come together and be that change if we allow ourselves to be used. You see the mighty way that David allowed himself to be used of God, the blessings that the nation of Israel got just by David surrendering himself to God, by Samuel following the will of God and anointing David, by David following the will of God and not killing Saul when he had the opportunity for having mercy, for following God even whenever the the false king of Israel tried to kill him. David stays surrendered to God. Through everything that he went through, through the, the giant and through the Saul trying to kill him and through his own son's faults and failures and rebellion, David stayed true to God. A lot of times we'll get, we'll get surrendered and, and we'll allow God to use us until things get difficult. God didn't say, follow me until things get difficult. God said, be witnesses to me. Jesus died for us. Let us live for him. Turn with me, if you would, to the book of Luke in chapter 5. The book of Luke in chapter 5. Here God calls, uh, excuse me, Jesus, rather, calls His disciples. Luke in chapter 5. And you would think if the, the King of kings and Lord of lords, if the Savior of the world was coming down and was to call Himself uh, some, some followers, some disciples, some people to learn of Him, that He would choose the intelligent. The smart, the rich, that's what I would do. Whenever a principal becomes principal of school, the, 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 the important thing for especially someone in that position is to surround themselves with intelligent, educated people that can help them in their endeavors. The same thing happens whenever the president chooses a cabinet. He appoints and, and, and chooses people that can help him. Here Jesus chose people that he could help. That he could be a blessing to. Luke in chapter 5, verse 5. Now Simon answering said unto him, Master, we have toiled all night and have taken nothing. Nevertheless, at thy word, I will let down the nets. And when he had done this, they enclosed a great multitude of fishes and their nets break. And they beckoned and their partners that were in the other ship, that they could come near and help them. And they came and filled both ships. So the ship began to sink. Verse 10, So was also James and John and the sons of Zebedee, which were partners with Simon. And Jesus said unto them, unto Simon, Fear not, from henceforth thou shalt catch men. And when they had brought their ships to land, they forsook all and followed him. Does anybody in here disagree? Whenever I say that these men were greatly used of God. The disciples that Jesus chose were greatly used of God. And they were fishermen. They lived on a boat. That's what they knew. No doubt they were good at it. And it says in verse 11 that they forsook all and followed him. We'll let things of this world get in our way of following Jesus. We'll let pride get in our way of following Jesus because we refuse to forsake all. 
Jesus said we have to, well, the, the words he used was hate. We can't love our family more than Jesus and expect to be used of him. We can't love our job more than Jesus and expect to be used of him. Not saying that we can't love our job and love our family. But we can't put it above Jesus. We can't put it above the work that he's given us to do. He can't, we can't put it above the, the, the opportunities that he set before us. Turn with me if you would to the book of Exodus in chapter 4. Book of Exodus in chapter 4. Whenever God calls someone, we do have this, <clears throat> this wonderful opportunity called free will. Given first to Adam and he used it in the wrong way and just messed us all up. But we have free will to make our own decisions. We have, this, uh, we have our free will to, well, we have the right to be wrong a lot of times. But we have the opportunity whenever God calls us to say no. God forbid that we would ever make that decision. But we do have that opportunity to say no. And so whenever God prepares those of us that he calls, each of us who are saved is those of us that he's called. Whenever God prepares us, we have to be willing to accept that call. And we have to be willing to accept that preparation. We have to be willing to allow ourselves to be used of God. In Exodus in chapter 4, God called Moses. And Moses, well, like the rest of us, Moses had excuses. Whenever God put on my heart that, to, that I needed to surrender to the ministry, I had excuses. Wasn't as knowledgeable as I thought I needed to be. Still don't think I'm as knowledgeable as I need to be. And think I was old enough. Here Moses uses several excuses that, that a lot of times we can allow ourselves to use. In Exodus in chapter 4, verse 11. Well, let's catch verse 10 real quick. And Moses said unto the Lord, O my Lord, I am not eloquent, neither heretofore, nor since I have spoken unto thy servant, but I am slow of speech and of slow tongue. Moses said, I don't want to do this because I can't talk right. There was something wrong with him. People speculate and say he had a stutter or a poor vocabulary. Or just talk slow. It don't matter how we talk. If we allow God to use us, God will use us. It don't matter how we speak. If we allow God to use us, he will use us. Look at God's reply. It's, it's, it's beautiful. It says, The Lord said unto him, Who hath made man's mouth? He said, Yes, I know you're like this. I made you. It's on purpose. If we have an infirmity, it's on purpose. If we stutter, if we call Samuel Chamuel, it's on purpose. Everything that we do, everything that we're made of, God made us this way so that He could use us. Not that we could skirt the opportunity. Not that we could try real hard to get out of it like Moses did here to get around it. Verse 12, Now therefore go, and I will be with thy mouth and teach thee what thou shalt say. And then he come up with another excuse. He said, O Lord, send, I pray thee, by the hand of him who wilt thou send. And the anger of the Lord was kindled against Moses. He tried to come up with another excuse of why he couldn't go. There's a song, and it's, it's kind of an older song, but I, I love it in the message that it brings. It's called Excuses. The devil will supply them if the church will stay away. If we need an excuse... 
to stay away from church, we'll find one. If we need an excuse not to be a witness to other people, we will find one. Because the devil will give one to us. If we need an excuse not to read and study our Bible during the week, we'll find one. If we need an excuse not to show up to Sunday school or Wednesday night midweek service or, or not to pray the way we know we should, we'll find an excuse. Here Moses found excuses. Moses found excuses and every excuse he found, God gave him an answer. He said, I'll send Aaron with you. God used Moses and Aaron in a tremendous way and, and did tremendous things in Israel because Moses finally surrendered. He got all his excuses out of the way and, and he got me and he got I and he understood exactly where God wanted him to be. And that was a full surrender. That was to be willing to accept the call that God had given him. That was to be willing to accept the opportunity and the journey that God had set before him. Turn with me, if you will, to the book of Esther in chapter 4. The book of Esther in chapter 4. We read of an account here, and it's a very small book, but it has a wonderful story. Here Esther was in a, a difficult position. She was a Jew, and yet she was named Queen. And a decree went out that decree went out that all the Jews would be killed. And Esther in chapter four, down about verse fourteen. Mordecai here answering Esther's question it said, For if thou altogether holdest thy peace at this time, then shall the enlargement and deliverance arise to the Jews from another place. But thou and thy father's house shall be destroyed, and who knoweth whether thou art come to the kingdom for such a time as this. Here Esther is trying to get out of her duty to save the Jews. To go into the king where if, if he don't extend the, the scepter, she's dead. How do you think she got the job to begin with? The last queen messed up and she got dead. So here Esther is faced with a choice. So she asked Mordecai, what do I do? I, I can't do this. She came up with excuses. Here Mordecai said that, he said, if you don't do it, God will get it done. It will arise from another place. But you will miss that opportunity. You and your father's house will be destroyed. And the end of this verse is, is almost poetic said, Who knoweth whether thou art come to this kingdom for such a time as this? God put us here, excuse me, God put Esther exactly where he wanted her. Exactly where she was meant to be. God put David exactly where he was meant to be. God chose Gideon for exactly who he was. He prepared him for who he would become because he surrendered. God chose Samuel because he surrendered. He prepared him for who he would become, the last and a great judge of Israel. Here, whenever God calls us, he prepares us if we surrender to him. He will allow us to, 
He will allow us opportunities that otherwise we would miss. And if we allow ourselves to miss and to say no to these opportunities, God will get the word of God to these people. And we will miss out on that blessing. We will miss out on the opportunity to become to become greater witnesses of God. To become greater disciples of God. And whenever that lost, that lost person hears the word of God from someone else, no doubt don't have the same effect as it would if it come from us. And I've heard the, the comparison and, and I don't know what the judgment would be like. But it would be heart-wrenching to stand up at the judgment that a lost friend or family member look over and say, you never told me about Jesus because we were too prideful to talk about God. You never told me about Jesus because we would not say yes to the opportunity that God set before us because we didn't know what people would think about us because we were slow of speech because we had better things going on. Whenever it comes to eternity, we don't have better things going on. The world in the book of Revelation says that it will burn up. Everything that we have here will burn up. The only thing that matters then is what we did with Christ. And the witness that we were to others who had to make that same decision. If you're here and lost today, then, then you have an opportunity to make a decision as well. That same free will that, that saved people have to choose whether or not to be used of God. If you're here and lost, you have that opportunity to choose what to do with God and what to do with His Son, Jesus. If you're here and lost and understand that you're lost, you're at a crossroads. Tomorrow is not promised. Today could be the last opportunity you get to make a turn before you run out of gas and just can't go any further. Whenever you're at this crossroads, you can turn to the right. Choose the things of this world. Choose to, to accept to live in sin. Choose not to get your business fixed with Christ. Choose not to know for a fact. Because my salvation is a knowing salvation. If you're here and saved, your salvation is a knowing salvation. It's not something that's questionable. It's not something that's maybe. If you're here and lost, you're either lost or saved. You're not working on getting saved. That means you're lost. If you think that you're saved, that's a dangerous way to gamble with eternity. My prayer to God and no doubt the, the prayers of this church is that, that each one can turn and accept Christ. That they will believe what's, what's said in the book of Romans. That while we were yet sinners, He died for us. He became that sacrifice. He became that atonement. If you join us tonight, we're going to be in the, the book of Exodus talking about the Ark of the Covenant. And how Jesus came in the place of that ark as the atonement for our sins. As the ultimate sacrifice that if we understand and realize the position that we were once in. If you're here and lost the position that you're still in. A sinner. Condemned for hell. And accept Jesus Christ as your Savior. Accept your position as a sinner and cry unto Him for help. For forgiveness. Jesus will save you. God will save you for Jesus' sake. Oh, I have a verse of a song. I'd like to ask a verse of invitation if anyone would have anything on your heart.